Justin Shears and welcome to Only a Northern Song. In this series, I'll be exploring the words and the music of the Beatles, but not through the usual tracks that we all know so well. I'll be delving into my extensive collection of outtakes, home recordings and demos, alternate mixes and interviews, to shed some new light on lesser known aspects of the Beatles' recorded legacy. Born With a large number of songs already in the can, and still plenty to go, many sessions in August 1968 were used for finishing off tracks which had been left for rumination on best how to complete the arrangements and augmentations. Many songs, like While My Guitar Gently Weeps, would undergo one or two remakes before the Beatles were happy with the final results, often with the final recordings being radically different from their initial incarnations. George had made a last-minute decision to holiday in Greece, leaving on the 17th. As was now customary, the other Beatles made use of the time in separate studios. As John and Ringo worked in Studio 3 on the 20th of August, adding the finishing touches to Year Blues, Paul utilised Studio 2 to work on Mother Nature's Son, a beautiful folky ballad of rural peace and connection to the earth, which had already gone as far as 24 takes. As it was late at night, Paul took advantage of the quiet building, placing the drums in the corridor outside to capture the natural echo it produced. Timpani, more acoustic guitar and vocals, as well as hand slaps on a book, gave a more earthy feel to the track. The final piece of the puzzle was possibly John's idea, stemming from a conversation while Paul was recording Blackbird several weeks earlier. The only thing is, it gets. Maybe I start to arrange it. I imagine like a string quartet after the second verse, you know. I hadn't really thought. Well, of something it, like that, you yeah, know. But it, it does want something like that. Mm. But uh, it. Well, well, I was thinking about that. that um, in that stop bit, there should be something coming from the distance. A funny, uh, an arranged sound coming from the distance. A fairly complicated one, like a, like a bit of decoration, you know, that you've got on, on the back of a painting. Yeah. It suddenly comes up, and as it comes up, close, yeah. you start again. And the, that's what I was thinking of the sounds. Right, I was yeah. thinking of the sounds as being something which... A little bit of brass band, you know, a very nice little bit of brass band. Yes, that would be lovely. A little bit of brass band. Yeah. A little bit of Nielsen's brass band. Oh. 
Simultaneous to this session, Soviet tanks had rolled into Czechoslovakia to crush the period of democratization known as the Prague Spring, a stark juxtaposition to what was happening in Studio 2. Good evening. Once again, the Soviet Union, demonstrating a colossal contempt for the opinion of mankind, has resorted to brute force to keep a satellite nation under control. Russian tanks and infantry, aided by troops from East Germany, Hungary, Poland, and Bulgaria, have occupied Czechoslovakia and have crushed the new and relatively liberal leadership of that small country. This is Radio Prague, Czechoslovakia, the legitimate voice of occupied Czechoslovakia. Prague has woken up into its fifth day under foreign occupation. The night was one of terror. Occupation troops fired at cars, motorcycles, every moving object without warning. isolation mix of the now complete Mother Nature's Son.
Paul made good use of this evening's session while waiting for the brass musicians to arrive by recording a single take demo of a song called Etc, which had been intended for Marianne Faithful to record, but was rejected. Paul would eventually give the song to the Black Dyke Mills band, who would record an instrumental version of it titled Thingamabob, naturally released on the Apple label. Paul referred to the song as bad, and he said he was glad that it had died in the tape bin. But studio engineer Alan Brown described it as beautiful, with a full set of lyrics with the word etc repeated often, and an intro similar to here, there and everywhere. The tape was taken away by studio staff and never seen again, although an acetate copy is reportedly in Paul's private collection. Besides the 27-minute version of Helter Skelter, it's regarded as the most sought-after outtake from the White Album sessions. The other song recorded this evening would make its way onto the new album. Again, a completely solo effort from Paul, recorded in a single take with some overdubs. Here's what track one of the tape sounded like. playing acoustic guitar and singing while simultaneously pounding the kick drum, take one of Wild Honey Pie. To this, Paul would add more guitars, vocals, and tom-toms played with mallets. when put together, with a bit of tape oscillation thrown in for good measure, we get...
Wild Honey Pie, one of several off-the-cuff recordings made during the White Album period. Tensions famously ran high during sessions for the White Album. Engineer Ken Scott remembers a moment from this very session when John and Ringo came into Studio 2 as Paul was instructing the brass players for Mother Nature's Son. He said that the atmosphere could be cut with a knife. But after 10 minutes, the other two left and all was well again. With George now back in London, the Beatles dusted off the month-old tapes of Sexy Sadie for completion, with reduction mixes and overdubs of vocals, organ, tambourine and bass guitar. Here's how it sounded at the end of the session on the 21st of August, 1968.
Mono Remix 5 of Sexy Sadie, as it sounded at the end of the 21st of August. While the longer instrumental interlude and outro would be edited down before release, the song was now complete. Flew in from Miami Beach, me O.A.C. Didn't get to bed last night. On the way, the paperback was on my knee. Man, I had an awful flight. I'm back in the USSR. You don't know how lucky you are, boy. Back in the USSR. Been away so long, I hardly knew the place. Gee, it's good to be back home. Leave it till tomorrow to unpack my case. Honey, disconnect the phone. I'm back in the USSR. You don't know how lucky you are, boy. Back in the US, back in the US, back in the USSR. Well, the Ukraine girls really knocked me out. They leave the West behind. Chuck Berry once did a song called Back in the USA, which is very American, very Chuck Berry, very sort of, uh, uh, you know, he was serving in the army and when I get back home I'm going to kiss the ground of a man, you know, I can't wait to get back to the States. And it's a very American sort of thing, I've always thought that kind of... So this one is like about a... To, in my mind, it's just about a, a, a spy sort of who's been in America a long, long time, you know. Some fellow's been in America a long time, and he's picked up and he's very American. But he gets back to USSR, you know, where... Uh, and he's sort of saying, you know, leave it till tomorrow, honey, to disconnect, you know, to disconnect the phone and all that. And come here, honey, and put with Russian women and that. You see... What, what it is, it concerns the attributes of Russian women. Soul element created by George's guitar and heavy brass. <laughs> Flip side platter. Uh, Cliff Bennett is releasing it as a single. Have you heard this particular take yet? No, I haven't heard this particular take, but it concerns the attributes of Russian women. Soul element created by George. Back in the USSR. You don't know how lucky you are, boy. Back in the US, back in the US. With yet another of Paul's songs ready to go, the band hit a major hurdle before they reached the studio on the 22nd of August. Suddenly one day, I think, Neil or somebody said, oh, Ringo's gone on holiday. I felt two things. I felt I wasn't playing great, and the other three were really happy, and I was an outsider. And so, you know, I came to this decision, fucking, I'm leaving. And so I went to see John, who was living in my apartment in Montague Square. I knocked on the door and I said, uh, you know, hi, we went in. I said, I'm leaving the group because, you know, I feel like, you know, unloved and out of it. and I'm not playing well and you three are really close. <laughs> and he said, I thought it was you three. 
So, okay. And then I went over to Paul's and knocked on his door. So uh, I said the same thing. I said, you know, I'm leaving the band. I, I feel, you know, you three guys are really close and I'm out of it. And he says, I thought it was you three. <laughs> so we had to kind of reassure him that we did think he was great. I mean, you know, that's, that's what it's like in life. You, you go through life, you don't, you never stop and say, hey, you know what, I think you were great. Well, I don't think we'd ever done any of that with Ringo. It always just been, yeah, he's great. He's good. And he, he, he felt insecure, so we had to, and he, he left. So we had to kind of go and sort of say, no, you're great, man. you're the best. And then he sort of, he said, oh, thank you. I think he was pleased to hear that. You know, and I knew we were just in a messed up stage, all of us, uh, then. You know, it wasn't just me, it was the whole thing was going down. The Beatles decided to carry on regardless, and the Fab Three convened at Abbey Road for another long evening session. With George on drums, Paul on electric guitar and John on bass, five takes of the backing track for Back in the USSR were recorded. The following day, Paul overdubbed more drums to augment George's work, John added more snare hits, and Paul and George overdubbed simultaneous bass tracks. The last overdubs at this stage were Paul's piano and more guitar from George and Paul.
take five of Back in the USSR. Noticeably slower than the finished track, the tape speed would be increased as the four tracks would bounce down to a stereo pair on a fresh tape. In the same session, vocals were added, along with sound effects of jet airplanes taking off and landing. The result was what George Martin often described as a pot boiler, which would eventually provide an exciting album opener. isolation mix of Back in the USSR, started and finished in two sessions and without any input from Ringo. The Beatles saw Ringo's absence as the perfect time to edit and mix all of the tracks recorded so far, with the next two days at Abbey Road being devoted to this task. The 28th of August saw the Beatles back at Trident Studios, still without Ringo, to begin another of John's tracks, which had its origins squarely in the Maharishi's ashram in Rishikesh. Dear Prudence certainly got written there. Mia Farrow's sister was, well, she sort of hibernated, meditated and hibernated. <laughs> we saw her, I think, twice in the two weeks I was there. Everyone would be banging on the door, you're still alive. I was doing intense meditation and I had a lot of stress. So there was a period there where it was overwhelming for me. 
And John saw that. And I think that that inspired him to write the song because he saw my my absolute commitment to what I was doing and my intensity to achieve whatever it, it took to make me whole again. I felt happy that the song that was written for me was the one that captured the most that spirit of that course, which was, was so amazing. Too late. 
Take One of Dear Prudence, written for Mio Farrow's sister, who was rarely seen outside of her room in Rishikesh. This take is unlikely to have been the first attempt at the song, but was marked by Trident Studios as Take One. It's possible that all previous takes were recorded over until the perfect take was captured. It features John's hypnotic acoustic guitar and vocal, George's electric guitar stabs, and Paul on drums. The next two days at Trident saw the Beatles take advantage of the relative luxury of eight-track technology, with more overdubs of bass, handclaps, piano, flugelhorn, courtesy of Paul, and backing vocals, with guest stars road manager Mal Evans, Apple signee Jackie Lomax, and Paul's cousin John.
A rare early mono mix of Dear Prudence, as it sounded on the 29th of August, 1968. Well, that's it for this episode. Next time, the Beatles invite a very special session musician to join them and make their first live television appearance in over a year. Until next time, 